The voice of the Cape, pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good day to you. I'm Khawa Salomon and welcome to this edition of Questions and Answer Forum. With me once again, alhamdulillah, is Sheikh Ibrahim Wirth answering your questions on the SMS line 47913. You may also follow us via our Facebook page called The Voice of the Cape as well as our Twitter feed. Remember any of the shows that you have missed on Voice of the Cape, you can uh, audio stream it on vocfm.co.za if you want to record it. It's like PVR for radio on iono.fm. Let's welcome Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum to you, Sheikh, and Ramadan Karim to you and your family. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sister Hawa, and to all our listeners. And yes, mashallah, we are very happy to be in the month of Ramadan. And uh, we make dua that Allah Ta'ala grant all of us uh, everything of the very best during this month, inshallah, a month of barakah and mercy and rahmah. May Allah Ta'ala forgive us and allow us to draw close to him. Ramadan Mubarak to you and to all our listeners as well. Shukran. Let's kick into the question, Sheikh, because we've got lots uh, to deal with and we asked all those listeners that have been patient through the answering of their questions. First one is, my daughter feels that uh, her father has more time for his Christian children. Some of them was Muslim and is now Christian, but the father has more time for them and she even asked if she could also turn Christian, then maybe her father will have time for her also. <laughs> Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in uh, Of course here yeah, it uh, depends that the father that is spending more time with his children and if it is children that have reverted uh, or that have turned away from Islam then one has to look at I suppose why he is spending time with, with them maybe if it is that he is spending more time with them in order to speak to them more and to try to convince them about Islam or try to get them back on track and stuff like that then I think if that is the case, then uh, you should be a bit patient, of course, if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, here is a, a valid reason why he is perhaps spending more time with them. Maybe out of concern, wanting them to realize their mistake and the faults that they have, uh, have done, etc. If, on the other hand, that he is, uh, he is just spending more time with them, but not for this reason. He just wants to be more with them. Then this, of course, is wrong. I mean, he shouldn't, he shouldn't uh, be doing that. Because first of all, if he's, if he's condoning what they are doing, then that in itself is problematic because we, we cannot condone uh, such behavior, of course. We cannot be part of uh, people or we cannot, we cannot be part of a situation where people have done an act like this and condone it as if nothing has happened. Um, and of course, uh, he needs to be told that this is not the right way of handling it. And uh, the other issue is that treating uh, children unjustly in normal circumstances is already something which is frowned upon in the Sharia uh, because the Prophet ﷺ had already given us so many advices with regards to this saying that we should always try to be fair when it comes to the treatment of our children uh, and here we're just speaking generally uh, and there's many a hadith which I mentioned uh, on previous uh, programs where the Prophet ﷺ, for example was approached by uh, Nu'man ibn Bashir saying that his father had uh, given certain things to him so uh, he obviously then uh, the Prophet sallallahu asked him if all the other children also got the same 
and the prophet sallallahu was then informed that they didn't get the same what he had gotten and the prophet ali sallallahu alaihi was not very happy with that in another hadith nabi ali sallallahu generally makes a statement and he says ittaqullaha wa'dilu fi awladikum fear allah and be conscious of allah and be just and fair with regards to your children so that's generally speaking it's already a bad situation if the father is ill-treating or rather giving more attention to the one child above the other without any due reason mm. uh, but in this particular case like i said if it is that he's spending more time with these children that have gone off track in trying to convince them and so on then obviously we need to understand that but if it's not for that reason then it is wrong he should not do that uh, he should obviously be then advised that you are doing an injustice to your other child, etc. And this has a, a very bad effect on the child. I mean, uh, the child is saying, what if she also reverts? May Allah protect us. If she mm. also reverts, then maybe he will give more attention to her mm. as well. And that's, of course, a very bad thing, a mm. uh, bad situation. So uh, we hope, inshallah, that this father will do the right thing mm. and do what is uh, uh, his duty as a father. Mm. And we hope that Allah Ta'ala will guide them all, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Right, the next question is Assalamu alaikum. Uh, this listener would like to know how does one maintain a good relationship between siblings? Shukran for everything. Wassalam. Yeah, of course, there's only one way to do it, and that is the prophetic way. The, the way that the Nabi Wasallam taught us, um, a way that is obviously encompassed uh, with the kindness and the respect and good character that we should have. That's the only way that it can be done. One should always be uh, willing to show these elements towards others, to, to show these attributes towards others. And sometimes if it is that your siblings are older than you, then they need a certain amount of respect. You know, you need to show them and revere them as being older than yourself and giving them that particular respect that they deserve. And so, uh, generally speaking, I mean, to, to maintain good relationship, not only between siblings only, but between all people, is that we have to follow the prophetic character of um, kindness and respect and mercy and forgiveness and so on. And we should never try to look down upon others. We should never try to belittle others. And we always have, like within our families, you know, there's always maybe somebody that is doing something that is wrong or that is standing out amongst the rest. We should try to... Uh, bring that that family member back and and try to encourage them to do the right thing and we should always still show kindness to them we should never look down upon them or excommunicate them as such because the idea of a family is we always try to stick together and we try to obviously help and assist each other wherever we are uh, in whatever situations we are and another important thing is uh, we should never try to take revenge on one another this is often what happens that siblings amongst each other they compete so much and they want to show up each other show each other up and this mm. is wrong they shouldn't do this we should uh, try to you know live in harmony with one another and if there are some of your family members let's say some of your brothers and sisters are showing bad character to you they are not visiting you or they are not showing kindness to you does that mean that you must also not be kind to them no the prophet exactly said the opposite if they are doing this to you, you still show kindness to them and that's why in this hadith the nabi sallam says laysa alwasilu bil mukafi in Bukhari, authentic hadith, the Prophet says that the one that joins family ties is not the one that reciprocates. What, what does that mean? If somebody visits you, you visit them back. Hmm. They say that is normal. I mean, if somebody visits you and you visit them back, there's nothing to, to wonder about. But what really counts is if somebody cuts themselves off from you and then you visit them, then this is really joining family ties. In other words, to show that you are better than the next person. Mm. So even if you are ill-treating me, I will not do the same. I will try my best to 
live in a good way with you and encourage you still in a good way. And if there's certain advice that I need to give you, I will do it with wisdom, with hikmah, with love, with care, because I want you to be close to me as a brother or as a sister. So in a nutshell, the only way that we can get these kinds of relationships uh, right and, and on track is that we have to follow the character of our beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and that is the only method. There is no other way in which we will be able to be successful in creating that harmonious relationship with others. And uh, remember, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this before also, that we are going to be tested from time to time. There are going to be certain people that are actually going to upset us, you mm. know, within our families. And there's a verse in the Quran in Surah Al-Furqan, which is chapter 25 of the Quran, Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَا بَعْضَكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ فِتْنَةً Allah says that we have made some of you as a test for others. Hmm. So humans, they test each other's patience all the time, you know. And Allah says, أَتَصْبِرُونَ Are you going to show patience when this happens? Hmm. Or are you going to get upset? Or are you going to take revenge? Or are you going to show that you can also show the person up if he's showing you up? We have to have patience. We have to show that we are the better out of the two. And we must also always initiate this goodness. And hopefully, inshallah, that will rub off on the other person as well. And eventually things will come right, inshallah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, shukr, Sheikh, and all that comes through is not only an answer but a nasiha as well. So, sakla uh, for those good words and hope, inshallah, it will go forth to um, to the community and beyond. We need to pay the bills right now. Stay with us. More questions, more of your questions, just after the short break. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Very good afternoon to you Welcome back to this question and answer From on the voice of the Cape 91.3 I'm Khawa Solomon Answering your questions is Sheikh Ibrahim Moas Next up is Salam My husband wants to go for Hajj But he has an affairs with ladies till today It's a month of Ramadan It's hard to accept it But he also does not want to give me a talaq What can I do? Yeah, it's of course uh, very wrong of any one of us to worship Allah Ta'ala in a particular way, to make our salah and to do our rituals. But on the other hand, we do not live according to those rituals. Uh, That is obviously wrong. We should uh, not have this uh, double-sided personality where we, uh, in the masjid, for example, we are very devout, but outside we do as we please. Now, we as Muslims, we should, of course, the ibadah, the very ibadah that we perform of salah and all these things, it is there to polish and to obviously improve our character. Mm. So if my salah does not improve the way that I am as a person, then, of course, the acceptance of that salah is questionable. And here this person is saying that uh, her husband wants to go on hajj, so he's got the niyyah of a good ibadah. He wants to go on hajj in order to serve Allah, and in order to fulfill his arkan and so on. But at the same time, he's carrying on with certain wrong things. Mm-hmm. So obviously this does not make sense. He needs to stop with the wrong first. He needs, to, he needs to obviously put his life in order before he goes on hajj and make sure that uh, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a certain level of, of, of hypocrisy, you know, mm. to really worship Allah, want to worship Him, but at the same time you are doing so many things wrong. And here, uh, the listeners should not get me wrong. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all can go wrong. Mm. Uh, but the point is you, you come at a stage where you obviously need to know the importance of returning to Allah first. Coming back to him, you know, and then once we do that, then hopefully our ibadah will have more meaning. So in this case, 
uh, obviously we should advise this this person if he is listening that uh, you know being with other women and having relationships that is that is not halal is something which is haram in Islam and you, you cannot worship Allah on the one hand and still have these relationships hmm. right it, it doesn't work like that and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was very stern when it came to this issue i mean the one hadith and abi aisham says there are three people that Allah ta'ala will not look at and he will not speak to them on the day of judgment you won't be interested in them at all Right. Who are those three people? The first one is Shaykhun Zanin. It's a elderly person who commits zina. Allah will not look at such a person. He's not interested in that person's ibadah or anything like that. And secondly, Malikun Kazab, a leader or a ruler who is a liar. And thirdly, Ailun Mustakbir, a person who is poor and is in need, but still he's got pride in his heart or he is arrogant. Even though he is in need, so these are three categories of people, and you see that zina it features right at the beginning, which means the Prophet ﷺ wants to discourage this act. Yeah, so we must try at all costs to stay away from these things of the kabair of the major issues that uh, should not affect our lives. And uh, there is one incident which which I always like to just remind ourselves or uh, of how the Nabi ﷺ, you know, used hikmah to to show the person how bad it is actually. When you are having these illicit relationships, because there's one young man, he came in and he met the Prophet ﷺ, and he asked the Prophet ﷺ, "Oh Prophet of Allah, please give me permission. I want to commit zina." Hmm. I mean, this is what he asked. I mean, it's a strange question, because maybe he had that weakness. So he says, "I want to commit zina." Then the Prophet ﷺ said to him, and of course at that moment the rest of the Sahaba they were ready to attack him, you know, and to smack him and to hit him, because how can you ask such a question? But the Prophet ﷺ very politely called him to, to the side, and the Prophet ﷺ eventually uh, said to him, you know, "Atuhibbuhu uh, li ummik? Will you love that somebody must commit zina with your own mother?" He says, "No, nobody will like that." "Atuhibbuhu li uhtik? Will you like that anybody must commit zina with your own sister?" "Atuhibbuhu li bintik? Will you like that anybody must commit zina with your own daughter?" I mean, how will you feel that your daughter is in a good relationship? She's married to someone, but then somebody commits zina. How will you feel? And then Nabi Yusuf in this way encouraged him until uh, trying to bring across the point hmm. that how bad it is if you are committing zina. Because if you are committing zina with someone, it is someone else's daughter. It is someone else's mother perhaps. It is someone else's sister perhaps. And so we want to advise this person that if he is doing these acts, please, you, you should. It's the month of Ramadan. This is the month of Tawbah. It's a month of returning to Allah. And Allah can forgive you if you are sincere enough. And so you have to make that change in your life, and you have to make right with your wife that you are married with, mm. right? Uh, and I'm sure if you if you if you do that, then she will be willing to forgive you as well. But you need to leave off those things first before you can expect the forgiveness of Allah and expect from your wife to be happy with the marital uh, situation that is at hand. And we make dua that Allah Taala brings guidance to all of us, inshallah, and make it easy for us to make the right decisions. Shukran, Sheikh, for that message. And um, what comes out for me is is the message to the husband. But I hear the outcry from from the wife is what what is she to do? Yeah, in terms of uh, the wife, obviously she is in the situation, so she she needs to have patience first of mm. all, and try to work out a way uh, that she can resolve this matter. And uh, yes, it is wrong of the husband just to carry on like that and not uh, bring clarity to her as well where mm. she stands and stuff like that. And eventually, if he doesn't want to, I mean, if there's absolutely nothing that is going to make him change, then I think she should uh, apply for a separation. You know, she should go to one of the councils and actually ask them mm. to look into the into her situation. 
uh, and, and give her grounds, you know, why she wants to go out of this marriage because of her husband not showing any willingness to change his mm-hmm. lifestyle or to come back to the straight path and to do the right thing. She should be doing that uh, and, and go for counseling as well, you know, for, for advice as to how, how to deal with this issue. Mm. Uh, that is important. Uh, but I think wh- what she should do is it is the month of Ramadan, you know, she mm. should keep her hopes high that hopefully Allah can change him, you know, Inshallah. can change his situation, can change his heart. Mm. To becoming a better person Hopefully that is the, the dua that I will make you know, And that all of us should make mm. For all of our brothers and sisters Because like I said all of us we do s- wrong things sometimes mm. So we need those duas And we need the blessings of Allah Ta'ala To take us out of those difficulties And hopefully uh, that will have some effect you know, Especially in the month of Ramadan Inshallah mm. Masa, much, um, That example brings out a lot of Reverse psychology and tact that the Prophet had to use Absolutely. Inshallah, I think that's that's the message as well in this example how we inshallah with with her husband as well absolutely to use that hikmah sort of and how we use hikmah and how we because we acknowledge that we are weak but mm-hmm. there is still chance for you to to better yourself if you are willing you must, of course, be willing. Inshallah. All right. Next question. Salam to all in the studio. What is the amount for fidya payable this year, inshallah? Yeah, the minimal amount that has been stipulated uh, by the Muslim Judicial Council, the MJC, is uh, 11 rand per day. And, of course, the fidya, just to quickly clarify, it's uh, an amount payable for someone that cannot permanently cannot fast like an elderly person or a person who's sickly that knows they won't be able to pay up mm. or pay in those fasts. Or chronic illness. Uh, chronic illness that yeah. know they won't recuperate or there's little chance or they, uh, you know, they don't think soon they'll be able to fast, then such a person will have to pay a minimal. Of course, if you give more, that will be better. If you can afford more, it's a month of giving, it's a month of sharing, it's a month of charity. So if a person can give more than that, it would obviously be uh, much better for him in terms of his rewards and stuff that comes from Allah. But the minimal is 11 rand per day, so it should be worked out 11 rand times, uh, let's say, 30 days. And that is the minimal payable amount for the fitra. And just uh, since we are talking about this, the, for the fidya rather, and the fitra, of course, is the month, uh, the monthly or the, for Ramadan, the charity that must be given at the end of the month of Ramadan on behalf of each fasting person uh, and each individual in the house. So a father will have to give, for example, on behalf of his children, on behalf of his wife, a minimal amount of 33 rands per person. And that is the fitra that must also just be given once off in the month of Ramadan, any time during the month of Ramadan, uh, but definitely before the end of the month of Ramadan. Um, and again, that's a minimal. If we can give more than the 33 rand to help the poor and the needy, then that is obviously something which we should take uh, into account. This is the month in which Allah Ta'ala wants to see us open our hearts for the less fortunate open our hearts for the less privileged. So we give a little bit extra in order to fulfill those obligations, inshallah. Inshallah. So the fidya is 11 rand per day? Per day, and the fitra is 33 rand. rand person, inshallah. We'll take a short break and come back with more of your questions in this edition of Questions and Answer Forum. <laughs> The Voice of the Cape, pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Question and Answer Forum with me, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst, answering your questions on our SMS lines, which is open on 47913. We appreciate your patience as, uh, you know, we, we haven't dealt with your question immediately as you send them. They will be dealt with in the following weeks, inshallah. Um, but we do receive them and we'll answer them as we 
get them. So the next question is, Assalamu alaikum. I lost my husband over five months ago. But with all the first birthdays, weddings, and now Ramadan, finding it very hard to cope emotionally. Sheikh? Yeah, we make dua firstly that Allah makes it easy for you. It's uh, it's never easy to, to lose a, a loved one, especially mm-hmm. like a husband or a wife that was very close to you. Um, but at the same time, we should, inshallah, try to accept the decree of Allah, accept the qada and the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, the one way that we can perhaps uh, help ourselves come out of the situation is to strengthen our bond with our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to strengthen our relationship with Him through dhikr uh, and through recital of Qur'an and dua, and we try as much to, to do things of this nature to occupy our minds and our hearts. And uh, as Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Through the dhikr and the remembrance of Allah, the hearts will find rest, the hearts will find its contentment. So we advise the sister, inshallah, to continue uh, uh, reciting Qur'an, especially now the month of Ramadan is a month of barakah, and it's a month of mercy and rahmah. And uh, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will make it easy for you. Allah will allow you to, to, to accept and to move on. And there they will, of course, always be that emotional attachment to your husband, and etc. But uh, I think time heals everything, as the saying goes. You need some time. And also the dua of Ummu Salama, which I've shared with listeners before, try to make this dua. When Ummu Salama lost her husband, uh, she made this dua, which was taught to her by her husband. And, that, and her husband had learned it from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What is that dua? Allahumma ajurni fi musibati wakhlufli khayran minha. I'll repeat that. Allahumma ajurni fi musibati wakhlufli khayran minha. And it means, oh Allah, grant me the reward in this time of difficulty. And also give me something in substitute to it that is better than it. So make this dua abundantly, inshallah. Hopefully Allah Ta'ala will uh, remove that pain and the sorrow from your heart. And Allah will allow you to uh, accept and to carry on, inshallah. And we make dua that Allah Ta'ala must uh, keep you strong ahead, inshallah. Amen. Next question, Sheikh. If I overslip and uh, wake up when the adhan is going, can I still eat something quickly or should I just continue fasting without eating? I think there is uh, like the notion uh, that is going around or an understanding that prevailed at a certain time that you can still eat while the adhan is going off. Uh, Well, actually, the fasting day starts at the beginning of Fajr, when Fajr has started. And obviously, Fajr starts when the adhan starts, not when the adhan ends. So a person should be already complete, uh, completed his suhoor before the adhan of fajr goes. So if the person finds himself where they've woken up and the adhan is already going, then it's too late. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed to eat at that moment. Uh, the fasting will continue right, without suhoor. The only other thing that we need to obviously highlight here is that the niyyah is important. The niyyah must have been made before the adhan of fajr. Okay, uh, the niyyah can be made any time during the night time, from the time of Maghrib up until Fajr, any time in between, and that is why in our culture in Cape Town we normally recite the niyyah in the masjid after the taraweeh. It's in order to remind people that the niyyah must be made during the night time. Okay, so if the niyyah was not made at any point in time, up until Fajr, and the person woke up and the adhan of Fajr went, then unfortunately that day of fasting will be invalid. Okay, you will obviously have to repay that day after Ramadan. Okay, the fasting day will not be valid at all because it, the niyyah was not in place the way that it 
ought to be. Mm-hmm. And the Nabi Aisusam was very emphatic on this, where the Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam says, Man lam siyama qabla al-fajri fala siyama lah. A person who does not make his niyyah or fasting during the night time, then there is no fasting for such a person. And this goes for the compulsory fasts, mm-hmm. for all the fart fasts like Ramadan, or when you pay in a fast, etc. It has to be that the niyyah must be at night. And this is strictly according to the madhab of Imam Shafi'i, rahmatullahi alayhi. So this person, just to repeat, if they woke up and the adhan is going off, they should not eat, they should continue fasting, but on condition that they had made the niyyah before that adhan of fajr had uh, actually been made. Okay. Next question. Can a wife taste the food during Ramadan? Uh, my granny used to say, put a little food on your tongue, then rinse your mouth. Um, is this correct? Yeah, it is correct that uh, you can uh, taste food. It's, it's not haram uh, and it won't invalidate your fast because the taste of something uh, that, that sits in your tongue or on your tongue or in your mouth uh, does not invalidate the fast. And this could happen even in the morning. Sometimes you eat uh, your suhoor. And maybe after suhoor, you, you brush your teeth, for example. So there's that taste of the of the toothpaste mm. that remains in your mouth for some time before it, it goes away. Mm. So that taste in itself does not invalidate the fast. So were a, a mother, for example, and this is useful for a mother that needs to feed her baby. Mm. Sometimes they need to taste whether the food is warm or cold mm. or whatever. And if they do that, it's not haram. Okay, and it won't invalidate the fast. The fast will still be correct. Obviously, providing that nothing is swallowed. <laughs> nothing must be swallowed in that instance. And rightly said, she must try to rinse her mouth afterwards to get as much of the taste uh, you know, out. And um, the other thing is, of course, it must not be done unnecessarily. <laughs> Uh, just for our sisters, we don't want them to be tasting food all the time. I mean, it, it must be done just if there's really a need, okay? Because it will be makru, it will be disliked uh, to do it without any cause, okay? Uh, but just strictly speaking, it will not invalidate the fast. The fast will still be uh, correct, inshallah. Okay. Next question How does one make sincere tawbah? Please explain the method, Sheikh. Yeah, in terms of uh, tawbah, which means to repeat, to repent and to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a few conditions that we need to fulfill, as the ulama explains to us. And this is these conditions, once it all come together, then this is what is referred to as uh, tawbah al-nasuh, a sincere tawbah or sincere repentance. Mm. Uh, the first one is, of course, that one must refrain and stop with what one is doing. So if it was a wrong act that you know Allah is unhappy with, then the first step to tawbah is to stop doing the act. In other words, you cannot make tawbah while you are continuing the wrong that you are doing. Mm. You must try your utmost best to stop first. And secondly, uh, one must feel some regret for the bad thing that one has done. That feeling of remorse and regret is a big part of tawbah. In fact, there is a hadith where the Nabi Sallallahu says, "An-nadmu tawbah." To feel that regret is actually tawbah. Okay, that's number two. And the third one is that, of course, the person must try his level best to uh, refrain from going back to that sin, going back to that particular bad habit. He must make a firm niyyah and intention never to go back to what he has done. And once a person has fulfilled these three conditions, uh, that is what is called tawbat and nasuh. And the person should try his best to make dua to Allah to keep him steadfast and to make istighfar a lot. 
right, to say astaghfirullah as much as you can. Especially in this month also, the Nabi Sallallahu had advised us during the month of Ramadan, uh, the one dhikr that we must make more than other times is the dhikr of astaghfirullah. So you try to do that as much as you can. And then some has also recommended, some ulama has recommended that if you've done something wrong, you also try to, to do an act of kindness or an act of charity, you know, in replacement of that bad that you have done. So you know what you've done that it was a certain place where you did something wrong or you did it to a certain person, you try to do good instead as well mm-hmm. to replace the bad that you have done. And this is a good uh, method of sort of making a change in your attitude and in your approach and in your mindset. And so there's no other formal procedure as long as you fulfill those conditions. Mm-hmm. So just to repeat them again, number one, you must stop the act that is wrong. Number two, you must feel remorse in your heart and regret. And number three, you must make a firm intention not to go back to what you have done. And then there's a fourth one we can add. If there was any rights that was uh, sort of uh, that was taken away wrongly from someone mm-hmm. by the person at hand, then of course you, you must make right with that person as well. That is also part of Tawbah. You know, humans, interaction, the way we deal with each other. Allah wants to see us also make right as far as that is concerned Mm. before Allah is going to accept our repentance. So if there's money that was taken or property that was wrongfully taken or things like that, then of course we must try to return return those monies and properties to its owners and make Mm. sure that the haq and the right of each person is restored, a person that was wronged. And then we make our uh, tawbah as well. And hopefully Allah Ta'ala will accept uh, that repentance. Amen, inshallah. It's time uh, for a short ad break. And after that, we continue with your questions in this questions and answer forum. Back in a moment. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. You listen to the stem of the Cape on 91.3 and 95.8 FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Questions and Answer Forum. I'm Khawa Sonaman and with me answering your questions is Sheikh Ibrahim West, the resident imam at the Yusufiyah Masjid in Weinberg at the Weinberg Terminus. Um, Sheikh has also uh, forwarded us his uh, contact number, so if you have any questions, please find it at our reception desk on 21 Further than that, you may SMS your questions now to 47913 and to all those who have been patient um, with regards to the, answering their questions. So the next question is, Sheikh, I cannot read our Quran as yet. Almost there, inshallah. Can I read the English translation instead? And will I get rewarded for doing so? I mean, inshallah, definitely. I mean, Allah Ta'ala's mercy is very wide. I mean, mm. he doesn't deprive anybody of his rahmah. So uh, we want to encourage you, inshallah. You say you're almost there. Hopefully, mm. inshallah, you will get there soon. Where Allah will allow you to taste the sweetness of reciting the Quran in the language in which it was revealed. Mm. But other than that, while you're reading it in the English language, it may not be the Quran per se, because it's the translations of the Quran. Definitely, there is the Allah will reward you dearly for your time spent uh, pondering over the meanings of the ayat and trying to at least understand something about it, about the message, and also trying to then afterwards implement what you have read to whatever extent uh, is possible. So definitely, uh, whilst we cannot claim that a translation is a Qur'an, because we cannot uh, compare the two, the Qur'an must be kept in its original la- language in order for it to be, qual- to be called a Qur'an, mm. because all the secrets lies in the way that it was expressed in the Arabic language. So we cannot call a translation a Qur'an per se, and that is precisely why in your salah, for example, you cannot recite in other than the original Arabic. 
because it has to be done to keep that particular strength and to keep the, the secrets which is embedded within that particular language. So whilst that is the case, I don't th- see at all why one should not go ahead and read the translation at least until one is able to read the Arabic. And of course, even for those who can read the Arabic, I will still say that they must also try to read the English mm. so that you get some meanings and some idea what you are reading. Mm. And that makes it much more meaningful. It makes it much more qualitative, whatever you are doing. Uh, and so this person should go ahead, inshallah, and we hope that Allah Ta'ala will keep this person strong to continue in learning uh, how to read the Quran and continue to be uh, interacting with the Quran and living that Quran, inshallah. That is indeed what we need to do as Muslims, uh, especially during this glorious month, which is the month where the Quran came down. And uh, inshallah, may Allah grant all of us the ability to be attached to this book, the final revelation. So there's this question, you know, is there a reward for those not reciting English, not reciting in, in Arabic, but rather Quran, um, English? Yes, absolutely. That's why I said Allah's mercy extends to everyone. We should never limit the mercy of Allah Ta'ala only to those who knows the Arabic. I mean, I don't see any uh, proof for that, you know. Mm. Allah, in the one verse of the Quran, Allah says, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ You know, my mercy encompasses absolutely everything. Mm. So if somebody is sincere and they're reading the translations, certainly Allah Ta'ala's mercy will encompass them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially like this person is making the effort mm. to learn and they want to learn the Quran. And we make uh, dua that Allah makes it easy for, for Amen, them, inshallah. inshallah. Next question. Is it sad? Um, it is so sad to see how bad some of, of our Muslim men are behaving towards um, women in public places on the road, etc. I don't think it's got to do with the saying about a hungry man is an angry man. I always remind these men about Anabi uh, wasallam's teachings, and they still swear people with their beautiful fizz and and tops. Yeah. Sure. Very sad though. Yeah, it's mm. very sad that uh, you have somebody displaying the outward sort of signs of being a Muslim mm. and being a good person, but then uh, we find that the attitude and the character is not befitting. Mm. And this, of course, is uh, something very sad, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I mean, it's no use. We want to garb the best of clothing, and we want to look the most pious, Mm. but we don't know how to speak. We don't know how to interact. We don't know how to respect others. Mm. This is something which we rightly said the the Prophet ﷺ's teachings is where we need to focus on. Mm. How did he go about in his daily life? He was not somebody that was hypocritical. You know, Mm. he was not somebody that would uh, wear a certain type of clothing Mm. to look pious, but yet act otherwise no his clothing everything was in harmony the way he acted was the way that he looked mm. so if you looked at him you would admire him if you spoke to him you would also admire him if you tre- if you dealt with him you would admire him even more mm. because of his softness and kindness that mm. he had and so yes it is uh, uh, a problem where some people do this they they sort of i think always focus just on the outer mm. and they forget the inner they focus just on what can be seen, but they forget that there is something more important than that, and that mm. is your heart and the way your heart operates with others, etc. Uh, there's a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu says that the, the one, uh, you know, part of your body uh, around which everything, around which everything else revolves, is the heart. Mm. You know, there's this mudha. It's a piece of flesh. The Prophet sallallahu calls it. He says, salah al kullu." Says if that heart is right then the whole entire body will be right. 
everything else will fall into place. But if the heart is contaminated, the entire body will be contaminated. So here we obviously advise these brothers and whoever, sisters also, that are garbing certain clothes, especially during the month of Ramadan. It is obviously admirable that you see mm-hmm. at least people are paying, att- uh, you know, pay- paying some attachment, uh, attention rather, to this month and attaching importance to the month. And that is admirable. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. people still respect the month of Ramadan. So when you see people are wearing scarves and stuff, Alhamdulillah, say Alhamdulillah. Now, I'm not of the opinion, some people, they are very quick to criticize, but it's only Ramadan that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. But inshallah, who knows? It may be that in Ramadan they get inspired, you know, that for the rest of the year, hopefully, I will also try to, to, mm-hmm. to live up to this, you know. So we should never be judgmental like that and mm-hmm. say, why is it that these people only Ramadan and we don't? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be negative like that. We should try to, of course, encourage. Uh, people and the Nabi Ali Salatu had encouraged us with regards to the way that we treat each other. That's very, very important. In a hadith the Nabi Aisha says, Al Muslim Akhul Muslim. A Muslim is a brother of another Muslim. Or a sister for that matter, if it is a female. La Yahunuhu, you should not betray him. Wala Yakdibuhu, you should not lie against him. Wala Yakhzuluhu, you should not be dishonest with him. Kulul Muslimi Alal Muslimi Haramun, Irduhu, Wamaluhu, Wadamuhu. There's three things that are sacred with regards to each and every Muslim. One of them is his honor, his wealth, and his life. Those are things that we can never overlook his wealth, his honor, and his life. That must always be respected and we must do whatever we can to keep that intact so the honor of a person should never be undermined and we should know how to speak to people especially to women we should not speak to them in a bad way we should never think that we are better than them you know islam came to teach us that if a person does good and they try their best to please allah ta'ala whether they are male or whether they are female then allah ta'ala will reward them accordingly okay there's no difference من عمل صالحا من ذكر أو أنثى وهو مؤمن فلا نحيينه حياة طيبة. Prophet Allah says in a beautiful verse, a person who does good, whether it be a male or female, right, and they believe in Allah properly and they do the best that they can, Allah says we will give such a person a beautiful life. We will make him live a full life, a beautiful life, a life that is deserving of praise and mm. deserving of admiration. That is the type of life that will be given to someone who does good, whether the, that person is a male or a female. Okay, so uh, we we advise uh, all our brothers that whilst it is nice to wear a thobe to- uh, and to wear your face and to look you know pious and to look good and to be a, a a role model in terms of the way you dress, while that is important, it should also reflect what is inside. It should reflect what the heart is all about. The mm. way we speak, the way we act, the way we treat others, is obviously uh, tantamount as well. Shukran, Sheikh. Unfortunately, we have to leave our questions there for now in this edition of questions and answers from our listeners. We uh, still appreciate you, your patience and waiting for your for your answers. And uh, con- please continue sending those SMSs on four seven nine one three, and we'll get through all of them, inshallah. Jazakallah khair to you, Sheikh uh, Ibrahim, once again. And we'll see Sheikh again next week, same time, same place, inshallah. Shukran jazeel, and to you also, Sister Hawa, and to all our listeners. And we hope that we will have a good week ahead, inshallah, Amen. until we meet again. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was Sheikh Ibrahim Wasa, the Imam at Yusufiya Masjid out in Weinberg. We will see Sheikh back next week in the questions and answers forum. And uh, continue with your SMSs on 47913. From myself, Khawa Salomon, make the most of this beautiful month. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And a very really good day to you.